Beyond the Fence Line, a podcast brought to you by the Texas Agricultural Land Trust. Created by landowners for landowners, we're proud to play a role in conserving the Texas legacy of wide open spaces. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Fence Line. I'm Chad Ellis, the CEO of Texas Ag Land Trust, and have a very special uh, guest today, uh, Ms. Tiffany Dow Lashman, attorney and agricultural law specialist at the Texas A&M University Research and Extension Center in Amarillo. And it's a pleasure uh, to be visiting with you today, Tiffany. Yeah, Chad, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's it's great. We I know we've been talking about doing this uh, podcast together for, for some time, and I'm glad we finally got our, our calendars uh, aligned. Absolutely. I always love the chance to work with you guys at TALT, so I'm glad to do it. No, I, I appreciate it. And, and uh, man, my list, when I want to, things I want to talk to you about, I mean, we could actually be here all day and have a eight hour podcast probably of picking your brain. And, um, but as you're aware, um, you know, October is National Estate Planning Awareness Month, uh, mm -hmm. which provides a really a perfect opportunity for us to discuss some of these important basics um, of estate planning uh, for our private landowners in Texas and wanting to protect Texas working lands and those family uh, legacies. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, I think estate planning is one of those topics that really it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't mm -hmm. really matter the size of your operation. It's something everybody needs to think about. So as far as something that's you know generally applicable to all of your listeners, this is it. Yeah, it's something that we should always think about, but we don't want to think about, right? We always want to look right. the other direction. So right. that, that's that's the challenge, right? And um, maybe as we kind of start, Tiffany, if uh, you don't mind taking a minute just really to share with our listeners a little bit about, you know, your background and focus areas uh, that you're really focused on. Sure, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'm Extension Agricultural Law Specialist here with Texas A&M. Uh, I'm based in Amarillo, like you said, but I actually cover the entire state. And so uh, I, I kind of go around doing educational outreach in a variety of different ways on issues related to agricultural law. Um, and really, this is sort of a dream job for me. I grew up on my family's farm and ranch out in eastern New Mexico. Um, we raise cattle and show lambs, and um, my dad still farms um, there in uh, eastern New Mexico. Uh, went to college at Oklahoma State, um, and then ended up with a law degree from the University of New Mexico. Uh, you know, again, always had an interest in agriculture, um, and, and knew I somehow wanted to kind of marry that with my interest in the law. And so when this job came across my desk, it was perfect. And so uh, I've been here for almost 10 years with Texas A&M, um, and like I say, it, it's it's a lot of fun for me to get to work with, uh, you know, folks in the ag industry and just try to help educate and provide information to people uh, about legal issues that they could face. And, you know, Chad, as you well know, it runs the gamut, right? I mean, we, I cover everything from estate planning to fence law to landowner liability, property taxes, water law. I mean, there's there's so many great topics that I get to work on. Uh, it makes for a really fun job. And kind of new emerging ones like carbon markets and what does that look like, right? Yeah, and that's it, right? I mean, and, and there, one of the things I really enjoy about getting to work for Texas A&M is I've got a lot of flexibility to sort of work on the issues I want to work on. And so when something like carbon markets pops up, 
I have the ability to sort of shift and, and work on something new and exciting. And um, I mean, as you know, we're getting tons of questions on that. I know you and I have worked on that topic on a couple of different occasions together. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it is fun. And I really do try to sort of stay out front and get people information as they're trying to make decisions for their operations. Yeah. And I think that's key and that's, what's exciting and, and really appreciate, you know, A&M giving you that flexibility, right. To meet the needs of our, our uh, landowners and the issues that are arising. And as, as you mentioned, a lot of these things just kind of uh, pop up and you need someone to address it. And, and uh, it, it's been great, great working with you. And I was thinking about this the other day is, is, uh, uh, how much I enjoy working with you. And then I started thinking about um, actually Rusty Dow. Um, the, I enjoyed working with him as well so many years ago as, mm-hmm. as a soil scientist and I used to work for NRCS. So um, that's- Yeah, yeah, that's my uncle. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. fun, right? That we keep it in the family. So That's right, that's right. <laughs> um, but unfortunate, well, fortunate for him and unfortunate for us, he's enjoying retirement and we're waiting for that day. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so I really, I, I think, as as you mentioned, I mean, estate planning is one of those conversations um, that among families that can be put on the back burner, as we kind of talked about. Um, and so I would like to kind of dive into that a little bit more and talk about the processes and legalities and how can we overwhelm, you know, so it's really overwhelming, right? I, I think, you know, I mean, personally, I'm kind of going through some of this, right, with our family and sure. what does this look like? And it's kind of this on, off, on, off <laughs> scenario um, for us. And, and maybe you can kind of help us kind of walk through that and kind of give some of those wise kind of step-by-step process. Sure. Yeah. Well, like I said, like you said, you're exactly right. It is overwhelming. Um, and, you know, we did a survey recently, Dr. Justin, Bene- Justin Benavides and I, uh, of we had like almost 700 landowners in Texas respond. And the number one reason people said that they haven't gotten an estate plan in place, um, the number one reason was they just didn't have the time to do it. Uh, and the number two reason was they just didn't know where to start or what to do. Um, and so I think that that is pretty illustrative uh, of what I hear people say, right? Those are two kind of roadblocks. And so, um, you know, the first thing I would say is just do something. Um, I know that it's overwhelming, right? And listen, you're not going to have your entire state plan done tomorrow after you listen to this podcast episode. But what I hope we can do is get the wheels turning and get you somewhere to get started. Because the worst thing you can do is just sit around and sort of you know, wring your hands and not know where to start and not do anything. So that's the first thing I would say. You know, I really think one of the most important things people can do up front as they're trying to start this is think about what their goals are, um, right? Because I, depending on what your goal is, your estate plan can look vastly different, right? So you need right. to know, right? Is, is my goal, we want to make sure that this land is always owned by our family right? Or is my goal, I know my kids are going to sell this land and we want to make sure they don't get hammered by capital gains taxes, right? right? Or, you know, I, I know that we're going to talk a little bit about conservation easements in a minute. Is my goal that we want to make sure that this land, regardless of who owns it, is always going to be uh, undeveloped, right? 
there's no right or wrong answer, but that really needs to be kind of a question you ask yourself that should help you and your attorney kind of guide your estate plan to where it needs to go. Yeah. So, I mean, with that, right. So if I'm in that situation, you know, and I think this is where, you know, personally we get hung up on some of ours and I've, you know, many other families is when do you bring in that next generation for these discussions? Right. I mean, there's, yeah, there's the goal of, you know, who's running the operation and, you know, does that make sense what I'm asking? I mean, no, I, it I, does. I, it, it, yes. And it's a, it's a question, right. That I get a lot of when do we talk to them? How do we talk to them? Who needs to be at the table? Right. Uh, and again, I'm not sure that there's a right way or a wrong way to do any of this. Certainly, legally speaking, there's no laws about how you have to do it. I mean, other than we don't need any family violence or anything like that, right? Um, but I think that it's a smart thing to get everybody involved in the conversation kind of as early as possible. Uh, and here's my thought process on that. I think that for the older generation to be able to make the decisions they need to make, right? And to develop the goals they need to develop, they're going to need some information and input from that younger generation, right? And I'm not saying that I think the kids need to be the ones who make the decisions or drive the train here. But I do think that it's really important to know, do your kids want to come home? Do your kids' spouses want to come home? Um, financially speaking, is this an option for them, right? Some of those questions just about desire and interest and ability I think if we don't have those conversations and gather up all the information we can to try to make the best decision for our family, we're really doing a disservice kind of to ourselves and to the legacy that we're trying to leave. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. I mean, total. Uh, you know, what are some other key questions that you get a lot of, you know, uh, the families you're working with across the state on the state planning beyond sure. just this portion? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think one thing that, that I'll get questions on sometimes is, well, do I really need a will, right? Because, you know, I mean, we're going to deed this over now to our kids or, you know, everything's got beneficiaries on it. I mean, you know, or we have a trust. Do we really need a will? The answer is yes. There are very few things from my lawyer mouth that I think are black and white, <laughs> but this is one, right? And I'll tell you the reason is, Having a will is so important for anybody. And I don't care if you don't have any assets or if you've got a huge operation that you're trying to figure out what to do with. Having a will is probably the most important first step you can take. It may be that you need things way more complex than just a will, but it will get you started. And the key to that will is it keeps you out of the intestacy process. What that means is if you die without a will, there are something called intestacy statutes. Every state has them. They're all slightly different. But those statutes tell you where your assets will go. It's like a formula in that statute. And the other thing it does is it creates a whole um, another layer of rigmarole that your family has to go through before they can actually get to the probate process to get assets where they need to go. And so if the only thing that you do is have a very basic will that just makes clear where you want your assets to go, you've just saved your family a chunk of time and a chunk of money th that there's just no reason you know, to put them through that intestacy probate process. So 
that's one thing you know, I get that question of, do I need a will? Absolutely. You do. Mm-hmm. Um, another question that I get a lot has to do with the federal estate tax. You know, is that something I need to be worried about? Uh, and, and, you know, I always tell people that the answer to that is about as permanent as Congress, right? Right. Um, because they could change that law any day. You know, currently, the answer for most of us is the estate tax probably at current levels isn't a huge concern, unfortunately. Um, right now, an, an individual does not, is not going to have any estate tax liability unless their estate value is worth more than $12 million. So for a couple, that's about 24 million, right? So if you're anywhere close to those numbers, you need to be talking to your accountant and your attorney today to figure out how to avoid that estate tax liability. But for most of us, those are are pretty large numbers and and it's not really a concern. Now, like I say, that could change any time. We've seen proposals in Congress that would drop that number from 12 million a person more to like 3.5 million a person. Right. And now all of a sudden, if you're an agricultural landowner, your ears are perking up because that is much more in the realm for a lot of folks. Um, The other thing to keep in mind is that in 2026, currently, if Congress doesn't make any changes in 2026, the number is going to drop back to five million. It'll adjust for inflation and probably be closer to six. But still, that's going to be cut in half, you know, by in 2026. So. I certainly think that estate tax is something people need to be aware of. They need to keep an eye on. And like I say, be having those conversations with your attorney and your accountant, um, because there are things you can do if this is potentially an issue for you, but you have to do them on the front end to make it work. Right. So, I mean, what are, so, I mean, first we need our goals. We need to start thinking, right, to develop those goals. We need to have that those conversations of bringing in that next generation. Um, like you said, they're not leading it, but at least having, uh, they're part of it, right? Of right. all kind of coming together from that family. Mm-hmm. Must have a will, need to be thinking about the federal estate tax, depending on, you know, where you fall. And, you know, make more importantly, um, staying astute of, you know, uh, legislation of changes or potential yes. changes. Um, And I think too, Chad, on that front, a good thing to do is to have a good relationship with a lawyer and an accountant. Mm -hmm. I know that those are things nobody really wants to spend money on, right? Right, Um, right. But I think if you've got a relationship with somebody now, they're going to help you stay, you know, abreast of these changes or if they're, if those changes are going to affect the plan you've put together. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is, you know, if there are massive changes, there's going to be lines around the block at lawyer's offices to get things done. Uh, and if you've already got that relationship built with them, I think that that's probably a good thing to, you know, make sure that you're taken care of. That's one thing I would say. Um, you know, the other thing we, we talked about a will, there are some other kind of basic documents that everybody needs to have. Uh, one of those is a medical power of attorney, right? Where you designate who's going to make medical decisions if you can't do that. Uh, another is an advanced healthcare directive. Um, And that's an instruction to your doctor as to whether or not you want um, artificial life-sustaining measures if you're terminal or irreversible. Um, And then the third is just a durable power of attorney, right, where you can appoint someone to go and handle business affairs or um, deal with bank accounts or property or things like that in the event that you can't do that. So 
those are three documents I think everybody needs to have. For people in Texas, there are actually statutory forms for those three documents um, that you can pull. They're available for free. You can find links to them on my blog or my podcast. But those are three more documents that I would really um, encourage people to have in place. Um, and then the one other thing I, I would recommend that's pretty, it's free, so that's good. Um, it can be kind of an undertaking, though, is to gather up all of the important documents and information somebody might need to step into your shoes, right? Um, and so you need to have things like all of these estate planning documents, um, information on life insurance and healthcare insurance, and a list of your business relationships, right? Like who's yeah. your lawyer, who's your banker, who's your insurance agent, um, deeds and leases and, and things like that. If somebody had to step in and take over for you, it's great if we have a folder that they can go to to get started. Um, and again, it, that's free to do. It just takes some elbow grease and some time to pull together. But that really is an important gift that you can leave for your family if you take the time to do that um, before somebody does have to step in. And then they're trying to dig through like the glove box of the pickup and the boxes under the bed. And you know how that goes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had a good conversation just the other day with a good friend of mine, Debbie Lyons Blythe, the cow-calf, you know, operation family there in Kansas. And, you know, they're, you know, in the last, I would say two years or so, Tiffany have started actually putting their grazing management plan has always been in their head and mm -hmm. actually getting that on paper. And, and, you know, that's some of the things that they're thinking through of, you know, is, if something happens to me, just some of those operational thoughts right of absolutely where the kids could step in and kind of understand where you know where they're wanting to you know where they're going in that thing and it's always kind of think beyond that too and we always kind of talk about some of those operational day-to-day -day activities of you know why should we have that it's in our head we we just know it it's a it's a it's just you know it's it's what we do but we don't yeah. think about it as really a you know part of that uh, documentation for, for the rest of the family. When you think about the value of that, I mean, think about the knowledge that somebody has. We don't yeah. want them to take that with them to the grave, right? Right. Leave that knowledge behind. You're, you're giving the next generation a fighting chance here. And I think too, Chad, particularly important if you've got off-farm heirs, mm -hmm. right, that are either going to come back from somewhere else or who, who maybe aren't going to come back, but still are going to be the ones having to kind of manage this that kind of information is just priceless and, you know, taking the time, like you say, to write it down, have some of those discussions, hugely important. It is, it is. Um, you know, let's maybe kind of think about or talk a little bit about Tiffany, the conservation easements and how that fits into this, you know, as a potential tool um, in this estate planning. Sure. Uh, I mean, you know, you guys are, are, are certainly more experts at that than I am, but I'm glad to speak to it a little bit. You know, uh, when we're thinking about those goals um, for a lot of people, right, it's that we want to make sure that this land that has been in the family for however many generations, you know, is doesn't end up as a parking lot, right, that it's still going to be open space or agricultural land or whatever it might be. Um, and, and, you know, one tool in the toolbox that you can certainly look at is a conservation easement. Yeah, you know, and essentially what that does is you, um, the owner of the property, basically conveys the development rights to somebody else that holds them in trust, right? 
And that's an example of that, right, would be the Texas Agricultural Land Trust, where you all would hold those development rights and ensure that that property is going to be protected from development. Um, and so I think that for a lot of people that are really you know, trying to plan a legacy and trying to decide what the best thing to do is for their operation and to make sure that those goals are, are fulfilled, I think it can be a great option um, to look at uh, a conservation easement. Depending on how those are structured, you know, there can be tax benefits, there can be, well, there are a lot of different things that can be done in there that you, you guys, like I say, are, are certainly experts on. But I think it's absolutely a tool that should be considered, particularly if your goal is sort of in that direction of, you know, stewardship and protecting the land from development. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, and, you know, we, it's kind of like your, your point, right? I mean, we start off with landowners the same way, you know, really, what are their goals and objectives? Mm -hmm. And does a conservation easement fit those goals and objectives first off? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we have a lot of, uh you know, families that are wanting to hand off to that next generation. And, um, you know, that becomes a great tool um, mm -hmm. for, for many benefits. And then we have some of those, like you mentioned early on, of those families that have spent, right, blood, sweat, and tears of putting, a, putting an operation together. And, you know, the kids may, may or may not. They, I mean, there's, there's that unknown, right, uh, right uh, if, if they'll be part of it. But their mindset is um, they want to keep that uh, ag operation forever, even mm -hmm. if their kids want part of it or not. Mm -hmm. That's the great thing with a conservation easement. That family still owns the land, um, and their their pot their thoughts are if if the children decide to sell um, the ranch or farm in the future, that's that's the you know the child's uh, decision. Mm -hmm. But at least it will go to another family, a working, you know, uh, working landscape type of uh, operation. And that family will love and enjoy that property as much as they do. So it's, it's, exactly. it's interesting to kind of walk through those scenarios and those goals um, from family to family. Well, and I think that's one important thing to flag, Chad. I mean, you know, when we hear the idea of conservation easement, I want to be clear. It's not like there's some form that you everybody uses, right? They don't all look right. the same. That's right. That's, it really can be a flexible tool to adjust it and make it fit exactly what the goals are of your specific family and that specific property. No, that's exactly right. I mean, we've, you know, we've been fortunate, you know, of helping empower 38 families, Tiffany, and every, you know, we have easements, all 38 look a little different, right? Because they're meeting the goals and objective of that family. Um, so that's a very good point. Any other thoughts, you know, on the conservation easement from your perspective? No, I mean, I, the one, you know, one thing I would say on that, I, I think super important to do your homework, make sure you're working with people who you trust. Yeah. Um, you know, just like as anything else, right? There are good lawyers, there are bad lawyers, there are, um, you know, people who, who do a good job and who don't. And so I would just really recommend work with somebody who you trust, work with people who really understand agriculture. I think that's important if you're coming at this from an ag perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, like I say, Chad, the folks that you guys have there at TALT, I think, um, I mean, you've got it. That's the kind of people you wanna be working with. And so I think that's just something to, to take into consideration when you're making these decisions. Um, you know, and, and kind of on that note, I really do recommend working with an attorney on an estate plan. 
I mean, I know, listen, I know you can go to the internet and for $39.99, you can download <laughs> a free will, you know. Um, what I'll tell you is there's a lot of problems with those. And I'll guarantee you they're not designed for farm and ranch families, right? Um, I mean, you know, they're, they're set up for like the person who lives in town and owns a car and a house and a country club membership or whatever. Um, our estates are just more complicated due to the land ownership and, and the livestock and farming operations and things like that. So I really do recommend work with professionals, whatever your goals are, whatever you're trying to do, who really understand agriculture, who understand what you're wanting to do and can help you make those uh, right moves. No, I think those that's great, great advice. I mean, I always kind of talk about, right, is um, estate planning, conservation easements, any, right, even thinking about carbon markets like mm -hmm. we were talking earlier, right? There's, uh, there's value in having that partnership and relationship with, with expertise. And more importantly, it's you don't know what you don't know. That's and it. those relationships help you think about the thank you process, mm -hmm. you know, help bring up, you know, things for you to think through and, and make decisions that you, you wouldn't have otherwise um, taken the 3995 option off, off the internet would help wow. you through that thinking process. And, and that's the thing, right, is you're, you're making decisions that are, you know, setting up legacies and heritages mm -hmm. and everything moving in the for you know, moving forward. And you want to make the best decision you can. And that's exactly right. And I mean, you know, the lawyer in me is going to tell you, I think that's true with any contract or anything yeah. like that. But I, I think Chad, particularly important when we're talking about something like an estate plan, like a conservation easement, right? That's going to be generational, right? This is a decision you're making now that's going to impact your great grandkids one day, potentially. You want to make sure that's done right. This is not something that you want to sort of, you know, blow off and just do as cheap as you can. Get it done right now so that you know that, you know, down the road, there's not going to be those problems or you've at least avoided them as best you can. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's very wise. Um, well, do you have any other take home messages for our listeners today, Tiffany? You know, I think that we've really kind of covered a, a broad swath of things, and I'm not sure we've helped make this seem any less overwhelming. <laughs> we may have made it worse. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you, you know, like I say, I, I just go back to sort of where we started, which is, you know what, you need to do something. And maybe the something you start with is gathering up that information and starting to put it in one place, right? Maybe the something you start with is you think about your goals and decide you're going to have a conversation with your kids and figure out what interests they have. You know, I mean, there, there's no magic to it, but you got to get started. And so that would be my encouragement is just go ahead and get started, you know, start doing something, um, getting yourself moving in that direction, because, you know, it, it, sometimes I think starting is just the hardest part, you know, to get off, get off, go and get moving. So that, that would be my encouragement. And, and I guess the other thing, there's a purpose for doing this, right? And so when you're overwhelmed and frustrated and you get the lawyer bill and you're cussing <laughs> me and Chad for this, um, you know, remember the purpose here, right? I mean, I always think about uh, my kids will be the fourth generation on our family operation out in New Mexico. And, you know, I think about like when they are out there with my dad and they're, you know, helping him irrigate or they're helping him uh, with, with cattle or sheep or whatever, man, if I can keep that picture in my head and kind of remember why this matters, it makes me willing to put up with a lot more of the, the overwhelm and the headache and the lawyer bills 
Um, so I would just encourage you for that. Remember why you're doing this. Remember why it matters. And hopefully that'll help get you through it. No, I think that's well said, Tiffany. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things, right, to get started, and I wanted to highlight very much to the, the listeners today are a couple of things, right, is you have, I think, the best podcast out there on ag law in the field. And you have these discussions um, that's, you know, get in a little bit more in depth and, mm -hmm. and kind of granular. And you're always kind of staying ahead of, you know, what's coming down the pipeline. And then also, you know, you have a, a great uh, Texas Agricultural Law blog, um, which is providing all that information. So I just want to highlight to everyone to go to those resources that you have um, and, and start thinking about getting started. Any other resources um, that you would suggest sending people to think about? You know, one other place, if you want to get really in the weeds on some of the stuff we talked about today, the Texas Corn Producers did a, a great program a couple years ago called Successful Succession, which you want to say that five times fast on the <laughs> list, right? Goodness. Um, but Successful Succession, and I was a part of that, and we recorded like a three-hour video series walking through the details of kind of these steps we talked about today. It's available for free on the Texas Corn Producers website or on my um, Texas Agriculture Law blog. That might be a place, again, to start, to take some notes and see, you know, where to just get started. I think that's a resource that's really helpful. Well, Tiffany, thank you again so much for joining us today and providing our listeners with some valuable information and, you know, sending them, you know, uh, to the right direction to get more information and really starting to, as you said, get started and consider that long-term estate planning options. Um, so thank you again, Tiffany. For sure. Thanks so much. Well, I wanted to thank, thank again, Tiffany, and, and thanks to our uh, listeners for joining us. And we'll catch you next time on Beyond the Fence Line. Beyond the Fence Line is brought to you by the Texas Agricultural Land Trust, dedicated to conserving the Texas heritage of agricultural lands, wildlife habitats, and natural resources. Find out more at txaglandtrust.org.